we are, uh, for the next uh, three weeks, uh, we are going to, um, uh, we've been kind of on hold from the book of James uh, for the past three weeks. Uh, we've been in this series simply called Reaching Near and Far. Um, we're going to kind of continue that, that, same, uh, that same theme, that same focus over the, nec- over the next few weeks. We will conclude um, this series and jump back into the book of James once we get into the month of September. Um, on August 30th, we're going to have a few missionary guests with us, uh, Bill and Melissa Chapel. Uh, they were missionaries uh, in Ireland. Uh, they're now here um, raising support, and they're going to be heading back to uh, probably in the next year, year and a half. Uh, they'll be heading to, I believe, the uh, Hungary is where, uh, where they will be going. And then Jason and Andrea Morrison are missionaries uh, in the Czech um, and, and so they're going to be with us on August 30th, and so uh, they're, they're going to be up here with me, kind of engaging in the sermon together, uh, sharing their story, sharing their call, uh, sharing with us what God has called them to, and, and, and even challenging us uh, on how we can partner with them, how we can pray for them uh, as, as they continue the, the work of the ministry that God has called them to. So that will be on August 30th, and then as, as Jim mentioned, we will have lunch uh, afterwards, so uh, that way everybody kind of has a chance to, to talk with them a little bit more personally uh, personally, and, and be able to engage with them, ask any questions you may have uh, as, we, as we share in lunch together. And so then following that, we will jump back into uh, our series on James. Um, if anybody um, knows me yet at this point, I, I like preaching through um, books of the Bible. The nice thing about preaching through a book of the Bible, number one, is I know what I'm preaching. Um, at least I know the text of what I'm preaching. Number two, um, it, it challenges me and, and even forces me to even tackle some some topics or issues that I probably wouldn't just um, on my own decide, hey, I want to preach on this subject matter. I want to talk about this because I'm committed uh, to preaching through uh, preaching through a book of the Bible. I can't skip over, you know, James chapter 3, Taming the Tongue, I tackled that subject. I couldn't skip over it um, because all of you would probably get frustrated if I did. So so I that's one of the reasons why I like preaching through a, through a book of the Bible. But today, uh, for the next three weeks, um, we're going to kind of continue in this missions focus. Um, when, I, when we first launched the church, um, or, or actually at the beginning of this year in January, um, I preached a sermon where we talked about um, our theme for this year. And really, I think our theme as a church continuing to move forward is the theme, Bring Them to Jesus. I preached out of John chapter 1, uh, verse 42, where it talks about Andrew, who is uh, the brother of Peter. And, and if I were to take a poll in this room today, most of us probably know quite a bit about Peter. Uh, Peter, was, Peter was the disciple who oftentimes uh, spoke up, um, put his foot in his mouth, said things before he actually thought about what he was saying. Uh, he's the one that was kind of leading the way, leading the charge. We know a lot about Peter, but we don't know as much about his brother Andrew. But Andrew is actually, in John chapter 1, verse 42, Andrew is the disciple or the brother that actually introduces or brings Peter to Jesus in the first place. So, so had, Andrew, um, had Andrew not even brought Peter to Jesus, uh, the story may have looked a little bit different. And so, so we're, we're, our theme for this year has been this whole, whole idea of bringing people to Jesus. Because how many of us know in this room that when somebody encounters the presence of Jesus, their life will be changed. 
Uh, it, it's not about them hearing me preach or hearing us worship on Sunday morning. Our, our objective is for people to encounter the person of Jesus Christ because when they encounter him, their lives will be radically changed and transformed. They will walk out of this place, out of this room, out of this worship time. They will walk out of here different because they encountered him. And so as believers, not only our theme as a church, but as believers, our goal, our objective, our pursuit should be to not only pursue Christ ourselves, but to bring people along on that journey. We want people to encounter Jesus because when they do, their lives uh, will be radically changed. So, so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue this, this theme, this focus, reaching near and far, uh, bringing people to Jesus and looking at what our mission field looks like, whether it's here locally, uh, whether it's uh, in a global sense, but we're going to continue that conversation over the next few weeks. Now, um, how many of you, just by an upraised hand, especially if you have kids, how many of you this morning um, on your way to church or getting up this morning, how many of you had an interesting conversation with, uh, with a kid or with a spouse? Anybody have just a, an interesting, I got one hand, um, one kid or, or one teen raised her hand, I won't, I won't call you out. Um, anybody, I, I, I brought both of my, I brought uh, Amos and uh, Iris with me this morning to church and they were riding along with me. And uh, um, I had multiple, <laughs> multiple, I, it's about a 30-minute drive. I had lots of interesting conversations uh, on my way to church this morning. Um, some of them I, I won't even repeat. Um, Amos has a lot of questions, um, and he's, there's a lot of things he's wondering about. And, and so there's a lot of uh, interesting conversations, especially when I ride with those two. Amos is always asking questions and wanting to know about things. And, and sometimes I'm not even sure where they come up with their, their ideas, their thoughts, or what even, what even goes through their minds. Um, I don't want to know. Um, I'm not interested in knowing their, their thought process because uh, it, it is very interesting. There's a lot of interesting conversations that take place in our car. I'm certain you can, as you think back on this week, uh, many of you probably can think of at least one or two um, very unique or interesting conversations that you had with, with a brother or sister, with a spouse, with a friend, with a neighbor, somebody on the phone. And, and, and the reality is, I know what, what's very interesting when we're in the car together as a family um, I don't know if this works for every, every family, but when, when my wife's in the car, when all four of our kids are in the car, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because they're with her quite a bit of time, um, they, they act like I'm not even there. <laughs> and it's great, actually. Um, anytime there's a question, it's like, hey, mom, you know, hey, mom, hey, mom, hey, mom. And, and, and eventually Sarah will say, you know your dad's in the car too, right? Um, and, and so that's usually how, how the uh, car ride goes. If I'm in the car with them, all the, all the questions are directed uh, towards Sarah. We have conversations about um, the, the windmills. We have conversations about the hawks. We have conversations about um, God's creation. We have conversation about water towers, whatever it may be. Um, anything is fair game in the car with my kids. Uh, sometimes these conversations go places. Other times they don't go anywhere. <laughs> um, I'm not even sure how to respond to some of the questions that I'm asked. Um, I think we all know that there are some conversations that can lead to greater life and produce greater spiritual fruit. What I want to do this morning, and this is going to be a, a pretty simple, pretty brief message this morning, but what I want to do is I want to invite you into one of those conversations that happens in Scripture. 
um, a conversation that will result in, in quite a bit of spiritual growth, quite a bit of, of fruit that will come forth out of this particular conversation. And I've, I've labeled uh, this conversa- conversation the carriage conversation, and you'll see why here in just a moment. Let me, let me explain to you why, why I'm calling this the carriage conversation, because first of all, uh, we don't have conversations, I don't think any of us do, in carriages. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen as often, uh, but, but our conversations most likely happen in vehicles or in the car. The carriage conversation is this. It's a discussion between Philip, one of the seven men chosen uh, in Acts chapter 6 to help care for the widows of the Greek-speaking believers, and a God-fearing, worshiping Ethiopian eunuch who is returning from a time of worship in Jerusalem. This carriage conversation is a conversation that would end with the eunuch being baptized in water. And it's a conversation that produced great spiritual fruit. If you have your Bibles with you, we'll get to here in just a moment. Turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, we'll be looking at this carriage conversation. One that uh, is very, very interesting. Um, and I believe there's some important things for us to glean and, and learn from as we talk about this theme, bringing people to Jesus. Philip's, Philip's journey and his conversation with the eunuch, uh, they introduce us to three very important lessons that I believe when we unpack this text in Acts chapter 8 and we look deeply um, at the conversation that happens between Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, we're going to see that, that there's some important lessons that we can learn that will help us. If we're going to be people of God who embrace this theme or embrace um, our role and our responsibility to bring people to Jesus, there's some, there's some very important things that we can learn from Philip um, as he engages in this conversation with the Ethiopian eunuch. And so I want to kind of unpack these lessons real briefly to you. I won't be very long this morning, but three things that I want to share with you. Number one, we need to be people who are open to the Spirit's leading. Look at Acts chapter 8. I'm just going to walk you through this text this morning in kind of three segments. Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse number 26. This is how the conversation goes, or this is how it begins. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. So, so this man is, is a pretty wealthy individual that Philip's going to encounter on the road, okay? So, so the angel of the Lord says, I want you to go down south, down, go down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out, he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, in order for us to understand what's happening here, we have to know that Jerusalem was, was the place, especially in the Old Testament, where God's people, they would travel for, for one of the important festivals or feasts. And, and they would go to Jerusalem, they would spend maybe a week there, they would spend time there for these festivals. And so now he's traveling back from Jerusalem, and he was returning. He's seated, seated in his carriage, all right, he was, hence the, the conversation, conversation, the carriage conversation, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And now the Holy Spirit, verse 29, said to Philip, go over and walk along beside 
the carriage. I want to just point a few things out in this part of the text to you this morning because I want us to, to, to wrap our minds around one of, the, one of the lessons that we need to understand, one of our responsibilities as, as people of God who are called to, to reach people both near and far is we need to be people who are open to the leading of the Spirit. How many of us want, want to be sensitive to and, and know the direction of the Holy Spirit in our life? I, I do. I want to know, I want to know if God is leading me this way. I want to know if he's leading me to this person. I want to be in step with, with the Holy Spirit's leading. I don't want to get in front of and I don't want to drag behind where God is, is, is calling me. As I think about even in the, in the Old Testament, if you remember, um, if you go all the way back to the book of Exodus, when God's people, uh, Moses leads them out of, out of Egyptian bondage and they make their way into the wilderness. And, and what's leading them? It's the presence of God that is leading them, whether it's in the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire. Whenever the cloud moved, that was a sign to God's people that this is the time for you to start moving. And so I don't, I don't want to be people, I, I don't want to be a person that when the cloud moves or the Holy Spirit's leading me, that I, that I put my feet in the ground and I don't move. I want to move in step with God's leading, with God's direction. And so I want to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit in my life, which brings me to this text in Acts chapter 8 twice. Twice in, in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 29, Philip is able to discern God's leading. We read in verse 26 that an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south, go down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So that was the first time he was able to discern the direction or the leading of God. The angel of the Lord said, go south, and so he made his way south. And then in verse 29, the end of the text that we read, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Philip, I want you to go over to this man who's riding in this carriage I want you to go over and walk along beside the carriage. So two times, Philip is instructed by God, one through an angel of the Lord, a second time the Holy Spirit just laid it in his heart to go and walk along beside the carriage. And both times, both times Philip obediently and willingly follows God's lead. He obediently trusts the God who guides. I I want to align myself with what Philip, he was obedient, he was listening to, he was sensitive to the direction of God in his life. So much so when, when, when God said to Philip, I want you to go south, I want you to travel on this road, Philip went down this road. When, when God said to Philip through the Holy Spirit, I want you to go and walk beside this carriage, Philip went. He was obedient, he trusted, he trusted the God who was guiding him. What's very interesting is, is, is he was relocated because if you jump back, I'm not gonna take, you into the text. But if you read all of Acts chapter 8, you will see at the beginning of Acts chapter 8, Philip is in Samaria. And there is a thriving, thriving ministry that's taking place uh, at the beginning of Acts chapter 8. Samaria, um, if you know, if you go all the way back in the book of Acts, if you remember, Jesus told his disciples, I want you to wait here um, for the promise of the Father. They waited, the Holy Spirit came, and Jesus said, you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. At the beginning of chapter 8, persecution begins to ramp up. 
People are being persecuted. People are being ridiculed. People are, are, are dying because of their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ and proclaiming the good news, the gospel of Jesus. And so what happens is everybody begins to leave, except the disciples. Many of the people, they leave Jerusalem and they start to travel to other places. They go to Judea. They go to Samaria. Philip ends up in Samaria and it's, it's in Samaria where a thriving ministry is beginning to take place. And while in Samaria... An angel of the Lord comes to Philip and says, Philip, I want you, want you to leave where you're at now. I want you to leave this place that you're in. Yes, there's a, a thriving ministry taking place, but I'm calling you to a new location. I'm calling you to go. The, the spirit is moving and I want you to follow. So he relocates Philip from this thriving ministry in Samaria to the wilderness, the desert of the Judean hills. Um, now, I, I know most of us, I think all of us in this room, we, if the Spirit of God calls us or, or nudges us to go to some place, hopefully we all want to be obedient. But I, I will say it was probably a little bit challenging to leave a, a thriving ministry context in Samaria where, where the gospel was spreading, where, where people were being saved, where people were being transformed. And now he was called to go into this wilderness, desert-like territory. But he heard the direction of the Holy Spirit, and Philip was obedient. Philip trusted the God who was guiding him. We should, uh, I just want to make this statement, we should never be surprised if God were to call our most effective witnesses for Christ to leave this, this thriving culture or context that we're in to go to a remote village where there is no access to the gospel. We, we, we should not, instead, we should want to send our best. We should want to send people into those places where maybe there is no gospel access. Now, this was probably hard for, and I know Christians struggle with this. I, I know it's a, a difficult thing for us to, to wrap our minds around. I know it's hard for us to, to, to wrap our minds around this idea that maybe God would call us to leave or go to a different place or to a different location. Christians often struggle with this, but why? Here's a few reasons why. Number one, sometimes God's path may be different than my path. Um, how many would say amen to that? <laughs> Okay, sometimes, not saying always, but sometimes God's path may look different than our path. And sometimes we, we don't want to embrace that reality or we don't want to, to line ourselves up with that because, you know, our plans and our, from our perspective, from our mind, from our, uh, from our vision, our plans look pretty good. Uh, our plans, you know, we've got things planned out. We know what we're going to do with our life. We know what we have in store. We, we've got this. This is what I'm going to do here. This date, this date. We have our goals in front of us. But sometimes, sometimes God will interrupt those plans that we make because he wants us to be obedient to his plans, his calling, and his leading. That's not always the case. Sometimes our plans and God's plans, maybe they do line up. Maybe our plans are in alignment with his, but there are times that our path may be different than his path. Number two, God's path may place me in an uncomfortable position. How many in this room like to be uncomfortable? <laughs> okay, one hand, all right? All right, okay, one hand. Not too many people. I don't think there's too many of us in this room that like to be in uncomfortable spots, uncomfortable positions. I, I know I don't. 
Uh, I, I get a little bit anxious. I get a little bit stressed if I'm in an uncomfortable position. Uh, I prefer, and I think we all do, uh, I know the temperature may not be comfortable in this room. Um, if you go down the hallway, it's about 10 degrees hotter. So, um, but there's no in-between. But I, I know that we, we oftentimes like to be, we prefer to be comfortable. But sometimes God's path where he's calling us, it may place us in an uncomfortable position. And for Philip, God was calling Philip to leave the thriving ministry that was taking place in Samaria to go to a place that maybe was a little bit more uncomfortable, a place that he maybe wasn't as familiar with, a place that was kind of this desert-like area, yet that's where God was calling him, so he aligned himself with God's direction. And number three, God's path uh, may not make sense at first. Um, I won't ask you to, to amen that this morning, but maybe some of you are in this room today um, and, and maybe this, this last statement is maybe a reality for you now or maybe has been or something that you've experienced. Sometimes God's plan may not make sense at first. Um, when, I, when I think about uh, going all the way back into the Old Testament, some of you may know the story of Gideon. Um, Gideon was uh, one of the judges. Gideon was called by God to, to lead um, or, or to rescue the people of God from, um, from bondage or, or from their, their slavery to the Midianite people. So God called Gideon uh, to be one of the, the leaders who would go in, would, would fight a battle, would, would um, bring victory to God's people. And if you know anything about the story of Gideon, it's a, it's a great story. Um, and I don't have time to, to give you the, the whole story, but just in a nutshell, God came to Gideon. Gideon, I want you to go. I want you to to, to set the people free from Midianite oppression. And so uh, finally, after Gideon tested God and, and made sure that this was really what God wanted him to do, um, he had a massive army, I believe about 30,000 30, men to start with. And, and so it looked pretty good, like, ah, it shouldn't be a problem. I've got several thousand men. We've got, our, we've got our weapons. We've got everything. We should be fine. God said, well, no, you have too many men. Um, and if you read the story in, in, in the book of Judges, you will see that God will dwindle down Gideon's army from like 30,000 men to start with to a whomping 300 men. And God said, now you have the right crew. Now you have the right amount of people to go into battle. And guess what? He didn't even give them like actual weapons. It was like a, a, a torch and a hand or uh, a musical instrument. He didn't even give them a weapon to fight with. And he said, now you're ready for battle, 300 men and, and really no weapon at all. But the whole point of this, so, so I want you to put yourself in Gideon's shoes for just a moment. Imagine being Gideon and God saying, okay, now you're ready for battle. You have 300 men. You had 30,000, but, but I sent most of them home. Now you've got 300 men and you've got things that really aren't weapons, just things that you could find, normal things that, that I'm going to send you into battle with. Imagine being Gideon for just a minute and thinking, God, are you sure this is your plan? Are you sure this is really where you want me? Are you sure this is how you want me to go into battle, and it absolutely was. The reason behind it was God wanted to make sure that when victory came to God's people, they wouldn't say, man, look at what we did. But he wanted to make sure, wow, look at how God gave us the victory. Because had they had 30,000 men and all of their weapons, they would have said, man, look at how strong we are. Look at how powerful we are. Look at how good, look at the victory that we got instead. The only response when they got victory in that situation, the only response God's people could have is, look at what God has done. It was the whole point to take it off the, the focus off of them and put the focus on God. But sometimes God's path may not make sense at first. And I want you to hear this next statement. When we follow, and this is key, when we follow the Spirit's leading, 
I believe this. God opens the door for the kingdom of God to grow, for the gospel to spread, and for entire communities to be transformed. When we follow, when we are, are, are obedient, just like Philip, when God said to Philip through the angel or through the Holy Spirit, I want you to go down this road or I want, you to go, I want you to go walk along beside this carriage. When we are obedient to the Spirit's leading, God will begin to open doors for the kingdom of God to grow, for the gospel to spread and entire communities to be transformed. How many want to see communities transformed? How many want to see lives transformed? I believe all of us do. And so we need to begin by being obedient to the Spirit's leading. Number two. We need to be ready to initiate a conversation. How many of you like to talk to people? How many prefer just to be by yourself? <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I, I, I actually probably do too. So it's okay. It's not, it's not a problem. Um, we need to be ready to initiate a conversation. Look at Acts chapter 8. Let's continue on in the story. Verse 30. Philip, he ran over and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So Philip now, he asked, he said to the man, do you understand what you are reading? So now Philip has opened the door for a conversation between him and the Ethiopian eunuch to unfold with that simple question. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip overheard the Ethiopian eunuch reading scripture aloud. The, the, the eunuch, he was a wealthy individual. He, again, he was, he was returning from a pilgrimage to, to Jerusalem. He had gone to Jerusalem. He had gone to worship um, one of the festivals that had taken place. He had gone there. Now he was returning back home. He was on the road to return home, and he was reading the scriptures. This is very interesting. He was reading from the prophet Isaiah, but he had no understanding. He had opened up the pages of scripture, and he was reading aloud what, what Isaiah had written, but he had no understanding of the text that was in front of him. He was just reading words on a page. Philip heard that taking place, and he initiated a conversation with the wealthy individual that was in the carriage. And I want you to hear this. Obedience and trust in the Holy Spirit's leading we see here continues. He asked the man if he understood what he was reading. This question opened the door now for ministry to take place. A simple question. Philip went up to the carriage as the Holy Spirit led him. He overheard the Ethiopian eunuch reading from the prophet Isaiah. And in just a simple question, opened the door for ministry and transformation to take place. He said to the man, do you understand? Do you understand what is taking place, what you are reading? This question opened the door for ministry to unfold, initiating a conversation with a stranger may open the door for God to work through you or through us to provide ministry to other. And I want to just, I want to challenge all of us this morning. And again, this is very simple, nothing uh, super profound here, but, but we come across a lot of people every single day, whether it's somebody on the phone, whether it's somebody we drive by, whether it's somebody at work, whether it's somebody in the grocery store. Um, and, and sometimes I think we do whatever we can to try to tune other people out. Um, you know, I, I've been guilty of that before. Maybe I've gone into the grocery and stuck my headphones in so I don't have to talk to anybody. You know, I, I think, and if no one else has done that, I, I confess, I have, all right? Um, but, but the thing is, I, I think we, we spend our life oftentimes trying to avoid people, trying to avoid conversations, and sometimes it's the conversation that will open the door to bring people to Jesus, and so instead of avoiding the conversation, I'm praying and I'm asking and I'm challenging us all. Let's, let's not only be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, but if the Holy Spirit is nudging us, if he's, if he's leading us to, to a conversation, to a person, let's be obedient and let's trust the God 
who guides. And let's not make up excuses to avoid the conversation. I've done that. And, and, and this isn't confession time, but I've done that. I, I, I've made up I, every excuse I can think of. I'm too busy. I have too much to do. I don't have enough time to, to stop and talk right now because I've got to get to this place. I don't have time to pull over to talk to this person. I've made every, I'm in a hurry. I'm too afraid. I don't know what to say. Uh, Philip, God said, uh, the Holy Spirit led Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch. He said, I want you just to walk along the carriage. He had no idea what was going to happen. And so Philip starts to walk along the carriage. He overhears this man reading scripture. And so boom, all of a sudden, he, he begins to, to recognize, okay, uh, I, I know what this man is reading. I'm going to just ask him a simple question. Do you understand what you're reading? He responds with, no, I don't. And it opened up the door for Philip to present to him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I, I, I just want to give a simple challenge to all of us in this room. Um, and, and this is something that you can put into practice even, even today if you want to. Even today if you want to. But don't make up excuses to avoid those conversations. Instead, if the Holy Spirit is nudging you, and leading you to have that conversation, then do so because who knows what door will be open for God to work and move. Who knows what opportunity will be presented for us to present maybe the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to trust the Holy Spirit to work. Yes, we might be too busy. Yes, we might have a lot to do. Yes, we might have some place to get to. But at the end of the day, if, if that means that maybe some person is gonna be brought into the kingdom of God because of that conversation because I took a moment to pause and, and to listen or to talk with somebody, then I would say it's worth it. I would say it's worth um, that interruption. Number three, let me just finish with this. Not only do we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, we need to be ready to initiate a conversation. But number three, we learn from Philip and his conversation that we need to be prepared to present the gospel. Philip was absolutely prepared. Look at Acts chapter eight, verse 31. It says, the man replied, how can I? So Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And the man said, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. So if Philip had something else to do, let me just tell you, Philip's day was, was interrupted because now not only was he told to go a different route, now he's sitting in the carriage with this man. So wherever this man's going, he's going now. All right, so he's in the carriage. He sits within the passage of scripture he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep onto the slaughter. As a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated, received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus Christ. So I, I want you to see this picture again. Philip is, is, is in a thriving ministry context. He's in Samaria. Things are going well. The Holy Spirit says, I want you to leave here. I want you to go a different route. I want you to go south down the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he listens. He starts to go on that route. Then the Holy Spirit nudges him again. I want you to go see this carriage over here. I want you to go walk along beside that carriage. He didn't give him any more instructions. He didn't say have a conversation with the man. He just said, I want you to go walk along the carriage. And so he did. He was obedient. He trusted the leading of the Holy Spirit. As he did, he heard the man reading the scriptures. He asked him a simple question, initiated a conversation. Do you understand what, what you're reading? He said, how can I unless somebody interprets what, what I'm reading and so he jumps up into the carriage with the Ethiopian eunuch and he begins to explain to him and he presents to him the good news about Jesus Christ he was prepared he was ready to present the gospel 
Philip answered the question of the eunuch. In so doing, Philip walked him through the scriptures and he told him the good news about Jesus. And when he was asked to explain the scriptures, Philip pointed him to the gospel message. And my question for all of us in this room today, are we prepared to point people to Jesus? Are we prepared if we engage in a conversation with a stranger on the side of the road or somebody that we know that doesn't have a relationship with Christ, are we prepared to point them in the direction of the one that can offer eternal life? Are we prepared to have a conversation with somebody as you're waiting in life? You don't, if you decide not to do the self-checkout line at Walmart or wherever, um, are you prepared to have a conversation with somebody in line and eventually present them to the good news of Jesus Christ? We need to be prepared. Uh, And I'm not saying every conversation we have has to necessarily uh, end up like it did for Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. But if the Holy Spirit is leading us, nudging us to have a conversation or go a different way, um, you know, maybe for whatever reason, one day you you decide to take a different route to work and and, and maybe uh, you find out that you have a chance to have a conversation with somebody because uh, you felt like you needed to go a different way. The Holy Spirit will begin to nudge in us those things. We need to be, and this is, I want you to hear this. We need to be living our lives with an ongoing urgency to share now the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't get into this mode of, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. Or, you know, maybe somebody else will have that conversation. We need to live our lives with an urgency. The reality is every person in this room, none of us knows when Jesus Christ is coming back. Uh, We have no clue when that's going to happen. Some people might think it's sooner rather than later. Some people might think it it doesn't really matter because none of us know anyways. Uh, Jesus said himself, only the Father knows. So, So we need to live our lives with an urgency now to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, knowing that at any moment, in the middle of this service, Christ could return and, and take us to be with him. And so we don't know. So the reality is we need to live our lives with an ongoing urgency to share now the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must discern carefully the prompting and moving of the Holy Spirit. We must not reject or miss out on a divinely appointed conversation that could lead to heart transformation. And we must, we may not, I want you to hear this. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. We need to make sure that we don't reject an opportunity to have one of those conversations. And we need to make sure And we have to realize that we may not get a second chance to have that conversation. Now, I'm not here to beat anybody up um, because guess what? We all fall short. We all, we all, you know, maybe we we heard the Holy Spirit. We felt the Spirit nudge us and we didn't, we didn't follow through. I'm thankful for God's grace. I'm thankful for his forgiveness. I'm not here to beat anybody, myself included, up. But I'm just here to remind us, to challenge us that we cannot miss those opportunities. We must not because we may not get a second chance to share the good news. At the end of Philip's conversation, the, the, Ethiopian, the Ethiopian eunuch, they, he said, I want to get baptized. And so they pull over, they find a place where there's some water and he baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch. And then verse 39, it says, when they came out of the water, look what happened. The spirit of the Lord, he snatched Philip away. And the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. And so Philip was sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. He had the conversation, baptized the Ethiopian eunuch, and just like that, the Holy Spirit snatched him away, and never again did those two meet. We may not get a second chance to share the good news, so we must have this urgency about us to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me this morning, Vaughn, if you would come?
don't tune me out just yet because I have a challenge for all of us, a few things for us to consider. And again, a very, very simple message, very simple word this morning. The, the carriage conversation is a conversation that all of us in this room, we can learn from. It's a conversation that we can um, begin to take some of the lessons that we see in the text and begin to place those in our own conversations and in our own lives. But there's a few things I want to share with you this morning. I, I'm just simply calling this the, the carriage challenge. We'll stick with the carriage analogy at this point, all right? Here's what I, here's what I want to challenge all of you, and this is for me too. I don't want you walking out of here thinking, okay, yeah, I need to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I need to make sure that I'm more open to to those conversations. But here's what I want you to do. I, I want us to actually find ways that we can begin to put this into practice, very practically speaking. And here it is. Here's the carriage challenge. Number one, I want to ask all of us to pray every single morning. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us discern discern his prompting and leading. When you, when you get out of bed on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, make it the first thing you do. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. It can be as you go from, from your bed to the bathroom, wherever, wherever it is. It doesn't have to be a long conversation or prayer, but just simply pray every single morning, God, help me to discern your prompting and your leading. Putting ourselves in a position where we will discern what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. Number two, I want us to be aware of divine appointments and initiate conversations. So as you go about your day, whether it's at work, whether it's in the car, on the road, or in a phone conversation you're on, always be aware, be sensitive to an opportunity to initiate a conversation with somebody and maybe to present the gospel to them. Number three, be prepared to present the gospel message. Number four, be obedient to the Spirit's prompting. And number five, as all of that happens, stand back and watch God multiply. I want you to see, I didn't say stand back and watch Kyle or, or Andrew or Ryan or any of us in this room multiply our kingdom. I said stand back and watch God multiply his kingdom. When we are faithful and uh, obedient to the Spirit's leading, God will open doors and opportunities for hearts to be changed and transformed. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? All eyes are closed. Heads are bowed this morning. I just want to ask a um, question or two. Um, first of all, um, again, nobody's, nobody's looking around. Maybe you're in this room and maybe you find yourself more today, I'm talking about today, more in alignment with the Ethiopian eunuch in the sense that as you read scripture, you read it, but you have no understanding. Maybe that's where you're at today and you are longing for, hungering for, thirsting for a deeper understanding of God's word. And you just want the spirit of God to lead you into that truth. Would you just, nobody looking around, you're here today and, and just very simply want to say, God, I, I, want, I want to understand your word better. I want to be able to read the word of God and begin to, to understand your truth with more clarity and, and be able to understand what you're teaching us and, and learn more about who God is. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. You can put it up and write back down. Thank you. Several in this room. 
several in this room. Second question is this, how many in this room would, would say, I want to be, I want to be like Philip. I want to be sensitive to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss an opportunity for a life changing transforming conversation where God's kingdom can be multiplied. If you're here and you say, I want to I be more sensitive to the Spirit's leading in my life, would you just slip up your hand and say, help me, thank you, like all of us, every single person in this room. One more question I want to ask and we're going to pray together. If you're here in this room today and I want to give this opportunity, if you're here this morning and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, never surrendered your life to him, never asked him to come and to live inside of you. And you want to do that. Make sure that before you leave this place today that you are right with God. I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have anybody come forward at the front because it's not the coming forward that saves you. It's not the raising of your hand that saves you. It's faith in what Christ has done, believing in what Christ has done at Calvary bring that salvation to you. So if you're here today, again, all eyes closed, heads bowed, and you want to you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I want to just pray with you. If you just slip up your hand and allow me a chance to pray with you today, if you've never done that, thank you. All eyes are closed. Again, anybody else that would like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life? You could put your hand up and write back down. That's fine. Thank you. Would you... Um, would you pray with me this morning? God, we are so grateful for your presence. God, I thank you for your salvation. Thank you, God, that it is a free gift. It's not anything that we can earn. It's not enough good works that we can do to, to earn our salvation, but instead it has been freely given to us, made available to us because of the sacrifice, God, that your son, Jesus Christ, paid on the cross. Jesus became our substitute. We deserved, we deserved death. We deserved to be punished for our sins, but he who knew no sin, that is Jesus, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we know the passage, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth upon him would not perish, but instead have everlasting, eternal life. Lord, for those here this morning that have simply raised their hand and said, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. All they have to do in this moment, it's not a coming forward. It's not, a, not even a prayer that they pray, but it's just a simple trust, belief, and faith in what you did, the cross. And believing God that you raised Jesus from the dead. It's placing our faith and our trust in that and then inviting inviting you to be the Lord. Some 
Sometimes we miss that to be the Lord, the master of our life. And so when we receive that free gift of salvation, God, we are declaring that we are surrendering our entire being to you. Not 30%, not 70%, but God, we're giving you our all and making you the master and the Lord of our life. And we want to and desire to be obedient to you and to you alone. Lord, I pray for every person in this room, for those, God, that that raised their hand and said they need clarity, they need um, eyes to be able to to see and hearts to understand and minds to, to know your scripture, your word better. Lord, I pray that you would give us that understanding, give us that clarity. Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth. Your word is truth and give us, God, the ability to better understand and better apply that word. Lord, for those, all of us, God, in this room, we all raised our hands saying we want to be, we want to be like Philip who was sensitive to and obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you move, we want to move. When you nudge us, we want to be faithful and obedient to where you're leading us. God, when you give us a divine encounter or opportunity to, to speak into somebody's life, we don't want to miss that opportunity. Instead, we want to be urgent about the necessity of sharing the gospel So God, I pray that you would help us all to be sensitive to your leading. May we never reject or miss an opportunity to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let's just worship.